Today on From His Heart, we'll learn that money will not satisfy our soul. Here's Pastor Jeff Shreve. There's a famous line in that poem, the rhyme of the ancient mariner, that says this, Water, water everywhere, and not a drop to drink. Talking about sailors on the ocean, stranded there on the ocean, and they're dying of thirst, and there's water all around, but you can't drink it. You can't drink salt water to satisfy your thirst. Why? Because it's filled with salt. And salt water doesn't satisfy your thirst. Salt water dehydrates you. And if you drink too much salt water, you die. And money and materialism is salt water. It looks like it's going to satisfy, but it doesn't. And so people get caught up in thinking, well, man, if I just had more, just more, I'm still thirsty, so maybe I need to have another glass of salt water. It's going to kill you. It's not going to satisfy your soul. In Proverbs 21.20, we read, There is a desirable treasure and oil in the dwelling of the wise, but a foolish man squanders it. Basically, this details how both a wise person and a foolish person will handle finances. It inspired a popular saying, a fool and his money are soon parted. That was written in the 1500s by a man named Thomas Tusser, an English poet and farmer. But I suppose one of the reasons it's lasted so long is that it is so right and it's biblical. You're listening today to From His Heart with Pastor Jeff Shreve as he concludes the message called A Fool and His Money from the seven-message series, The Mysteries of the Kingdom, a study of the parables of Jesus. If you can now and have your Bible handy, turn to Luke chapter 12 as Pastor Jeff explains how you can tell if you are a fool with your money. In Luke chapter 12, Jesus was preaching. And he's preaching some really heavy-duty stuff. And in the midst of him teaching these deep things, these important things, these eternal things, heaven and hell, some bonehead in the crowd works his way up to the front, interrupts Jesus, and he says to him in verse 13, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. In verse 14, Jesus said, man, who appointed me a judge or arbiter over you? And he said to them, to the thousands, beware and be on your guard against every form of greed. For not even when one has an abundance does his life consist of his possessions. And he told them a parable saying, the land of a certain rich man was very productive. And he began reasoning to himself saying, What shall I do since I have no place to store my crops? And he said, this is what I will do. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have many goods laid up for many years to come. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night. Your soul is required of you, and now who will own what you have prepared? So is the man who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. So strong in this parable, 
It's the only time in the Bible where God just points a finger of accusation in the face of a man and says, fool, you fool. Very harsh. Now, here's our question. Uh, what does God mean by that? What is God's definition of a fool? What, what is God trying to describe for us? Because listen, it's easy for you and for me to become a fool when it comes to money. Three insights from this parable about the mind of a fool. Number one, a fool is someone who thinks only of self. A fool is someone who is just consumed with self. Now, as Jesus told this parable, I mean, it starts off pretty good. You got a rich man, and then he, the rich get richer. His, his land becomes extremely productive, very productive, so much so that he didn't have room for all his grain and all his goods. In verse 17 and following, so telling, watch for all the personal pronouns. And he began reasoning to himself, saying, what shall I do since I have no place to store my crops? And he said, this is what I will do. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones, and there I will store all my grain and my goods, and I will say to my soul, six eyes and five mys 11 personal pronouns in three verses. The guy's all consumed with self. He is focused on the unholy trinity, me, myself, and I. You know some people like that? All consumed with self. Life is all about me. Make decisions. It's just all about what I think and what I want. And the fool doesn't care about others. He doesn't think about others. It's not on the radar screen. And the saddest truth of all, he's so wrapped up in self that he's forgetful when it comes to God. When you look at the soliloquy that the rich farmer made, I, 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 my, 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 it doesn't mention anything about God. Now, any farmer will tell you that has a uh, brain in his head in terms of a uh, sense about God. You can't farm without God. You can't have a big crop without God. It's all from God. Farming is one of those things that you just know right off. Hey, I, I can't make this go unless I have the right amount of sunlight, unless I have the right amount of rain, unless I have the soil. I mean, I am so dependent upon God because I can't produce sun and I can't produce rain and I can't produce the soil. I am dependent upon God for a good crop. But you don't find anywhere in here where this guy gives any praise to God or has any thought of God. It's just all me, me, me. It's just all look what I did. So uh, what do we see about this fool? What does God say about him? Well, he says he thinks only of himself. Second insight. A fool not only thinks only of himself, primarily of himself, but he's someone who thinks that money and stuff will satisfy. And that's the way lots of people are that come to church. They don't listen during the message. Why? Well, that's the time I'm kind of working on a business deal. I'm kind of thinking, eh, it's kind of getting slow. It's not really interesting to me. They're talking about heaven. They're talking about hell. Who cares about that? I'm worried about this deal on Monday. That's the way that guy was. 
And so when he gets the opportunity, boom, he asks the question, and then Jesus uses him as an illustration to springboard into something that all of us need to be careful of, and that's greed. Beware. That word means to take heed, to pay attention. Beware and be on your guard, Jesus said, against every form of greed. Greed. Greed in the Old Testament was called covetousness. It made the big 10. You shall not covet. It's the 10th commandment. 10th commandment. You shall not covet. You say, what does it mean to covet? It's a desire for more and more and more and more. God says, don't covet your neighbor's house. Don't covet your neighbor's spouse. Don't covet anything that belongs to your neighbor. Boy, so many of us, we have such, such a, a heart that, that longs for more and more. And we see people and we compare people and we go to their house and we think, man, they got a bigger house than I do. They got a nicer house than I do. They got a bigger TV than I do. I know I make more money than that guy. And, and man, he's got a big TV and I got this, this crummy little 42-inch TV. And how can I possibly enjoy a game on a 42-inch TV? That's how, how kind of we compare, you know. You go, you go to, to Africa and Kenya, and they're living in mud huts, and they've never seen TV. And when I was there for three weeks, there's no electricity there. And there's snakes all over the place there. They're not thinking about watching the big game on a big screen, right? They're thinking about what am I going to eat today? Am I going to eat today? It's just so different. But this desire that hits us, why? When prosperity comes and we begin to taste it and then we begin to want more and more of it, Jesus said, beware, beware, be careful with that. Rockefeller, the famous quote from J.D. Rockefeller, that business magnate who had so much, when he was asked, hey, J.D., when is it enough? He said, when I get just a little more. Just a little more. It's just greed. I just need to have more and more and more. And why do we think we need to have more and more and more? Because we think this, more will satisfy me. More stuff, more money, more things, bigger barns, that's going to satisfy me. You mark it down, material possessions can never satisfy the human soul. They can never do that. They aren't made to do that. Let me tell you what material possessions, money and wealth and materialism, let me tell you what all that stuff is. When it comes to satisfaction, all that stuff is salt water. Salt water. You remember the story, the old story, the rhyme of the ancient mariner? There's a famous line in that poem, the rhyme of the ancient mariner that says this, Water, water everywhere, and not a drop to drink. Talking about people on the ocean, sailors on the ocean, stranded there on the ocean, and they're they're dying of thirst, and there's water all around, but you can't drink it. You can't drink salt water to satisfy your thirst. Why? Because it's filled with salt. And salt water doesn't satisfy your thirst. Salt water dehydrates you. And if you drink too much salt water, you die. And money and materialism is salt water. It looks like it's going to satisfy, just like uh, uh, the ocean water looks like it'll satisfy, but it doesn't. 
And so people get caught up in thinking, well, man, if I just had more, just more, I'm still thirsty, so maybe I need to have another glass of salt water. It's going to kill you. It's not going to satisfy your soul. Solomon, who had so much material wealth, said this, he who loves money will not be satisfied with money. Solomon had a ton. You talk about bigger barns. He had, he had a whole slew of bigger barns to handle just all his money, not his grain, just all his gold. Wow, he was so stinking rich. And how does he start off the book of Ecclesiastes? Vanity of vanities, says the preacher. Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. I have all this stuff, so what that I have a slew of barns filled with gold? So what? It's not satisfying me. It can't satisfy material wealth. And possessions can never satisfy the human soul. And, you know, we're here and we say, yeah, I believe that. I believe that. We kind of believe it here. We don't so much believe it here. Because we'll lie for money. We'll cheat for money. We'll cut corners for money. Wow. Peter Lord says this, what we really believe, we practice. All the rest is just religious talk. Beware and be on your guard against every form of greed because not even when one has an abundance does his life consist of his possessions. Material wealth can't satisfy because satisfaction in life can only be found in Jesus Christ. That's where satisfaction is. God made you in his image. He made you, he made me for himself. And when God made us, he put a puzzle piece in there, he cut it out, and it's a God-shaped puzzle piece. Blaise Pascal, the mathematician and physicist, said this, in every human heart, there's a God-shaped hole, a God-shaped vacuum, and the only thing that will fill that hole is God. That's how he made us. Now, you know what? You can try and stick in that empty puzzle piece in that hole, in that vacuum. You can try and stick in money. It's not going to satisfy. You can try and stick in pleasure. It's not going to satisfy. You can try and stick in uh, your golf game and maybe that will satisfy and maybe a new set of clubs and maybe a new house and maybe a new car and maybe a new boat and, and this and that and the other. And those things are like a ride at Disney World. They, they are exciting for a while. You know, you get a brand new car. You're so excited about that car. How long does that last? It's up for a while and then it's not so new anymore. I, I've, it's already lost its luster. And, and see, you can be president of a big company and you can achieve this and that and the other and have all these things. So what? Won't fill your heart. Won't fill your heart. The hole in your heart, that can only be filled by Jesus Christ. Holmes says this, friends all around me are trying to find what the heart yearns for by sin undermined. I've learned the secret. I know where it is found. Only true pleasures in Jesus abound. Psalm 16 verse 11 says, in your presence is fullness of joy and in your right hand there are pleasures forevermore. This guy says, take your easy, drink and be merry. I, I, my ship has come in. Now I can just enjoy everything. But satisfaction is not found in those things. So a fool, he thinks only and primarily of himself. A fool, second insight, he thinks that money and stuff will satisfy. And third insight, a fool is someone who thinks not of eternity. This guy didn't think about that. 
He didn't think, well, what happens if I die? He never planned for that. He never thought about that. That never crossed his mind. And I say, will say, verse 19, to my soul, soul, you have many goods laid up for many years to come. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your soul is required of you. And now who will own what you have prepared? Oh, you did all this. You got your bigger barns and you're not going to get to enjoy a lick of it. And it's going to go to somebody else. So is the man who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Mm. Such a fool because he was so short-sighted. He didn't think about what comes next, what comes after. This life is a drop in the bucket. What happens in the next life? And he didn't prepare at all for the next life. And see, a fool is someone who doesn't invest in eternity because he doesn't think about eternity because everything in his life is here. And now, and there is no thought of, yeah, but what comes after here and now? Doesn't think about it. So he doesn't invest in it. He gives zip, zero, nothing to God. All his money is spent on himself. That's why Jesus said, so is the man who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Let me ask you a question. When it comes to eternity, when it comes to your treasure in light of eternity, where are you investing your treasure? Where are you putting it? Is, it, is everything in, in the earth and in just invested in you and, your, and yours and, and having enough and nest egg? And well, you can't mess with the nest egg. Why? Because I trust in the nest egg. I don't trust in God. And, and so you're just thinking all about you and you're not thinking about God. You're not investing in the kingdom of God. Where hey, Jesus said where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. You want to know where your heart is today? Just look to see where your treasure is. It's easy to tell where people are spiritually. It's easy to tell who their God is. Just look at their checkbook. If the money trail just all leads to self, well, money's your God. Self's your God. You're just focused on this. You spend it all on yourself. The person who is thinking about the Lord, they're giving. They're investing in the kingdom of God. Hey, where's your treasure? So is the man, Jesus said to this fool, who lays up treasure for himself. He's not rich toward God. Hey, the fool doesn't invest in eternity, and he doesn't prepare for eternity. This guy who had so much of the world's goods, he left it all because this very night his soul was required of him. He was banking on the fact that he was going to have many years to enjoy all his grain in his brand new barns. And boom, it was gone just like that because his life, his soul was required he wasn't ready. He wasn't near ready. And without saying, it's obvious that this man went to hell. Why? Because he loved money and he didn't care about God. This, this life, as I told you, is a drop in a bucket. It doesn't matter in terms of length compared to eternity. And we spend all our time, all our resources, everything on this life, and we don't think about the next life. And so many people aren't prepared for the next life. That's why I love doing funerals as opposed to weddings because funerals people think about the life to come something they don't like to think about any other time but they do think about it 
at a funeral because their friend, their loved one died and they are faced with the reality that death comes. I don't know about you. I don't know about me. I don't know how much time I have left. I don't know how much time you have left. You might think, well, I have many years. I'm, a, I'm in high school. I, you know, I got a long time and I'm going to sow my wild oats. I'll, I'll think about doing something with God later. Let me tell you something about the devil. His favorite word is later, later, do it later. You don't need to do it now. You have many goods stored up for many years. Enjoy yourself and live your life and do the things you want to do. And then toward the end of your life, then you can think about getting things right with God. So he says, do it later. There was a sign outside of Joe's Crab Shack some years ago, and it read this way, free crabs tomorrow. Free, every time I went there, it was like, man, it's tomorrow. Tomorrow. I always missed it because it was tomorrow. Problem is tomorrow never comes. You never get the free crabs because it's always tomorrow. And that's what the devil says to you. Do it tomorrow. Do it later. God's favorite word is today. God's favorite word is now. Come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Behold, today is the day of salvation. Today, if you hear his voice, harden not your heart. Behold, now, today is the day of salvation. What's going to happen with you if God were to say, this day your soul is required of you? Are you prepared? Are you ready to meet the Lord? In the book of Amos, Scripture says, prepare, O Israel, to meet your God. Are you ready? Are you prepared? Will you learn from the fool and his money? Will you beware and be on guard against every form of greed? Will you realize that things don't satisfy? Will you realize life's not about you? It's all about Jesus and him using your life to impact other people for the kingdom and invest your life and invest your heart and invest your money in the kingdom of God and God will bless you and your life will be full. And when you die, you will not hear, you fool, but you will hear the Lord say with open arms, well done. Thou good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of your master. And isn't that what all of us believers really want to hear? That we've pleased our Lord who died and was raised to life again for us? Listen, if your life is one that is not focused on hearing that from God when you die, it should be. God created you and me for a purpose, and that purpose is to love Him and to want to share Him with others so they too can know the joy, peace, and real purpose for being created and knowing there is a God who created us and loves us. Let me invite you to visit our website and go to the Why Jesus link. There you'll find answers to help you in your sincere questions with Christ and who He is why he came, what he did, and how that matters to you today. Again, go to fromhisheart.org, click the Why Jesus link for free resources to help you in your Christian walk. Now, earlier this month, Pastor Jeff taught a new series of lessons entitled Standing in the Gap. At From His Heart, our broadcast is all about sharing the good news to help people live lives that honor God and draw more people to him until he returns again. Now, this month, you can help us continue to sustain and especially grow this outreach with a gift of support. And when you do, we'll say thank you by sending you a copy of this Standing in the Gap series on a USB flash drive 
CDs, DVDs, or digital download. Your choice. Call 86640Bible, 86640Bible, or go online to fromhisheart.org and request the series Standing in the Gap when you make your gift of any amount today. And being right back here next time when Pastor Jeff Shreve continues his series, The Mysteries of the Kingdom, a study of the parables of Jesus. Join us on Monday for the message, The Secret to Answered Prayer, right here on From His Heart. From His Heart is the listener-supported broadcast ministry of Dr. Jeff Shreve, speaking the truth in love to a lost and a hurting world. Remember, no matter what, God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. Find out more at fromhisheart.org.